Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Our summer series is continuing today, uh, Moses More Than a Movie. Now, hands up if you've been to see the movie uh, so far. Anyone been to see it? Okay, a few of us. A few of you are staying away from it. Um, I went to see it with our family, uh, before my family before we started, Sonia and the kids. And I've got to say, there were some things in the movie that I thought, you know what, that's just not quite doing it for me as I watched the film. But Mark Gungor has, uh, has an incredible uh, little take on the movie. I can't, I'm not going to even try and, uh, and replicate what Mark Gungor has done. Some of you will remember him from his time here at Bayside. But if you go online and you, you type in Mark Gungor rant, Moses, it'll come up and you'll be able to watch it. And he just has a field day with it. It's so much fun. However, God can use it. And that's what we need to pray for. God can use a movie like that. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. So Paul says sometimes things happen out there which aren't quite really on the money. But, uh, but let's, let's make sure that, uh, that at the end of the day, God is glorified. In Paul's case, Christ is preached. And I remember back through my teenage years, uh, those times where, where God used certain things that really weren't of him to develop an interest in the things of the Bible. I think of the Omen movies. I think I've shared that before, that there was a series of movies called The Omen, Damien 1, 2 and 3 or whatever they were called. And, and, and at the end of those movies, there was a scripture that was put on the screen and God used that to get me into the book of Revelation. And I must have read through the book of Revelation as a non-Christian probably three times, uh, once in one night. And if there's one book you don't really want to read as a non-Christian, that's the book of Revelation, right? I mean, it just scares the hell out of you, literally. And, uh, and so, but that got my interest in the Word of God, and at least then I knew where my Bible was. Uh, I was able to grab hold of it and read it. I also remember, not that I was ever really into the band, but a band called Black Sabbath. Some of you will know Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne. Well, they had, a, they had a song called Number of the Beast, and that got me thinking about what the number of the beast was. So... Ozzy Osbourne would be shocked and terrified to know that he had a part to play in my growing Christian faith as a teenager, I'm sure. But there we go. God uses these things to grab our attention and then through the Holy Spirit push us into the things of God. And that's what we need to pray for with, uh, with that move. So I'm glad they made it. I wish they had made it more accurate. I wish they had kept it more biblical. But who knows? God can do some amazing things through it. Well, last week, Pastor Rob launched the series. We watched uh, the DVD uh, of the Saturday night message at Cheltenham before uh, Pastor Rob got ready to head off to Bali. And uh, the message was called Divine Delays in an Instant World. And if you haven't uh, yet heard that message, then you can uh, get it online. You can go to the Bayside Church website and follow it through Message of the Week and you'll see it there where you can watch it or listen to it. You can also uh, listen to it as a podcast on iTunes and get up to speed with what's been happening so far in this series. And this will go pretty much throughout January into the first week of February where we'll be launching out the next weekend. Uh, so today is part two, and the title of the message is called Keep Calm and Carry On. Now that's easy in January, isn't it? Because we're all relaxed. I mean, look around. We're chill. I didn't even shave this morning. I'm relaxed. I'm on holidays. It's all good. But, uh, but as we get into the, 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 the year and the grind and everything that occurs during the course of the year, it's easy to lose that peace and that sense of calmness that we should all have 
as believers in Christ. Uh, first of all, I've got to make a confession to you today. I'm preaching this message to myself. Uh, I'm imagining a very big mirror right here and, uh, and I am trying to convince myself to keep calm and carry on. I was looking at my inbox, uh, my email inbox during the week and over the last 12 months I've received 20,000 emails. 20,000 emails. When I, look, I thought that was that figure could not be right. I checked it out, it's correct. Just under 19,600 and something emails. And, uh, and that's not including the junk and spam emails that automatically get filtered out before they even reach my inbox. I had to respond to about 10,000 of them. So 10,000 emails. And that doesn't include all of the phone calls, texts, Facebook, FaceTime, Skype, Viber, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Hangouts, Kick and Uber. Now, I mean, there is so much going on in all of those other things. I also came across Ninja Fishing and a Zombie Ate My Friends, but they're not messaging they have social media, they're anti-social media. But, uh, so there you go. So there's, there's so much to keep us busy in life. And I'm exhausted just thinking about it. But uh, it's important that we get the theme of this message, keep calm and carry on. Now I've got a little video that I, I want to show this morning. Uh, if you can look at the screen, Darren, is that queued up, ready to go? And then I'll continue with the word of God today. Yes, be still and know that he is God. Well, that'll become obvious why I'm sharing that as we get into the scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles here today, can you open them to Exodus chapter 14? We're going to continue uh, learning some life lessons from, uh, from the life of Moses in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to read from verse 1 through to 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near uh, Pi-Hahiroth between Migdol and the sea. And they are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. 
and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will again, uh, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Verse five: When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, "What have we done?" We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariots make ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near opposite Baal As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Now that's just what Moses needed to hear at that time, isn't it? How encouraging is that? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, you only need to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. What an amazing picture this is. For those of you that have seen a Moses movie or a biblical movie, you can probably picture what this scene must have looked like. We have the Israelites pinned up against the Red Sea. We have the Egyptian army bearing down on them. And now there's... There's, uh, there's trouble stirring within the ranks. Uh, Moses and Israel were in a pickle. They were facing a challenge that was going to be difficult to get out of. In fact, in verse 11 and 12 there it says that basically the natives were restless. There was an impending coup happening. The people of Israel were upset with Moses. There was also a growing sense of doubt and failure. You can imagine Moses at this time. Did I hear from God? If I did, how could we be in this mess? And you might have lived your life that way where you have followed God as best as you know how and still you have arrived at a place which is not a good place. And you think, God, how did I get into this mess? I've been doing all that I know to do. I've been reading your word. I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've been doing all of those good things and yet you still end up in a place which is where you wished you weren't. Anyone like that at all? Life is full of situations like that. So we have the people of Israel. We possibly have Moses doubting. In fact, even God doubted Israel's resolve, the Bible says. Even God doubted Israel's resolve. God says in, uh, in the previous chapter, uh, chapter 13 and verse 17, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. But God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God thought, if I make their exit too tough, they're going to go back. And that's not what I want for them. God doubted 
Israel's resolve. And it's easy in times like that to lose peace, isn't it? It's easy when, when you, you're stuck up against a rock and a hard place to lose peace and to take our minds off God. But that's exactly why we need to keep calm and carry on. Amen? We need to make space for God. So what should Israel do? Should they act or not act? There was a lot of them. They could have taken up arms against Egypt. They could have tackled Pharaoh head on. They could have swum because Pharaoh and his chariots and the soldiers with all of their armour would not have survived the Red Sea. So they could have swum out into the Red Sea. They could have done a runner along the beach and headed in a different direction and tried to escape Pharaoh that way because chariots on sand doesn't work so well. They could possibly have made an escape. And yet Moses gave them a clue in verse 14. He says, The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Everyone say, be still. All right, say it like it's really important. Be still. Turn to your neighbour. And if they're moving, hopefully they will because I'll be turning to you. Ask them to be still. What's the key that Moses gave the children of Israel? That's right, to be still. You've got it good. I don't think you'll forget it now. Excellent. Moses encourages the Israelites to make space for God. And for those of you that received 20,000 emails, have lots going on in your life, it's very easy not to be still. Amen? I'm picturing that mirror there right now as I preach this. Calmness doesn't mean inactivity, though. And that's a really important thing we need to understand. Just because we're calm, just because we're being still, doesn't mean that we're being inactive. Sometimes people spend too much time waiting uh, when they really need to get going. In fact, God speaks to Moses as if we're crying out, get going. And then he shows him where they're going to go. They're going to go across the Red Sea. Moses could have done lots of things in that time, but he heard the voice of God and it brought confidence and peace. And that's the same for us. When we hear the voice of God, it brings confidence and peace. Faith comes by hearing, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, and hearing by the word of God. And as we understand what the Bible's really saying to us there, it's not just any word, it's not just reading the Bible, that's the Logos word of God. This verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, speaks about the rhema word of God, the active word of God, the the word of God that's been made living to us. Um, it's that word that God specifically says to us that answers a question or gives us direction or solves a problem or instructs us in how to move forward. It might come through a prayer time like this morning where Gary was encouraging us to be still. Thank you, Gary. Very well done. Um, but, uh, but it might come through a time like that. It might come through reading our Bible and all of a sudden the scripture lights up and jumps off the page at us or, or as we read it we just sense that the Holy Spirit is really speaking to us about that scripture. It might come through a sermon uh, like this. Perhaps some of you during the week have been asking God a question and something I say this morning will answer that question and God speaks to you and gives you that rhema word. Or it might come through a prophecy or a word of encouragement. Um, however it comes... God's Word is made alive to us as we throw ourselves into it, as we immerse ourselves into the Word of God. His 
word is made alive to us. And it's that rhema word, that living word, that then gives us confidence to face whatever challenge we're facing. It gives us confidence to take a particular course of action. And when things get dark and when things get grim, we can stand there boldly and confidently knowing that we're on the path that God has chosen for us and that those storms around about us are just storms around about us. They're not going to destroy the path we're on. The Bible then makes an outrageous claim. And I say it's an outrageous claim because it is exactly that. Uh, It's outrageous because Isaiah says that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But in 1 Corinthians, Paul says we can know those thoughts. And if you have your Bibles open, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 9 to 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So you might be thinking, you might be facing a tough situation, you might be thinking, God, how do I get through this? Uh, Each one of our challenges will be different. And that's why the answer to each one of our challenges will be different. We can't necessarily apply a cutter approach to every situation. I might have gone through a particular um, experience in life and the wisdom I've learnt through going through that might be valuable and it might be beneficial to others who are going through similar situations. However, it might not be the answer that you need. It might be wisdom for sure, but it might not be specific to your situation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? Now, I have an interesting experience coming home from work each night. I I come in the door and I I put my bags down and hang the keys up and I go and chat to my family and I'll, I'll say to whichever child I meet first, whether it's Madison, James or Meg, I say, how was your day? And invariably they say, good, which is great. I love to hear that their day's good. That's wonderful. But I don't really know what they're thinking. Only they really know what they're thinking. It's not like they have a TV screen on their head that is fully revealing their day and their thoughts. That might be a frightening experience. (laughs) And none of us do, unless we communicate it. But the thing is that, uh, that, that we know our thoughts. We know everything that we've been thinking about during the course of that day. Only our spirit knows that. It's the same with God. Only God knows what he's thinking. But the amazing thing is, as this verse says in the, in the continuation of verse 12, God's spirit knows what God is thinking and he has given that spirit to us. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. And that's why it's important to be still and to hear from him. No matter what situation we're in, no matter what we're facing, we need to hear from God. So, how do we be still as Moses instructed Israel? Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is we all know 
many ways that we can be still. There's nothing new there. However, knowing the solution is different than doing the solution. Be doers of the word the Bible says, not hearers only, otherwise you lead yourself into deception. So we need to be hearers of the word and doers of the word. And perhaps the first place we can start is in the area of devotions. If you don't yet have a time set aside each day to spend time with the Lord, then there's a good New Year's resolution. Amen. Start the new year off on a winning formula. And that is to set time aside each day to pray, to read your word and to hear God's voice. Not so much as a task on a to-do list where we, we rush through it and tick the box and say, right, that's done for the day and move on to the next thing, but as a genuine time of reflection where we can reflect on God and on his word and what the Spirit might be saying to us. The second way is perhaps to do a soap devotional. Many of you will know our soap method of devotions. We still have journals available. Uh, they're not at the iConnect desk. Now, where's we can get them. They are available with a one-week delay. No? They're tucked away in the storeroom. So if you need a soap devotional, come and see Tom or Chris sitting on the front row of the church this morning and they will track one down for you. They are brilliant devotions to do. Uh, meditate on the Word of God. Not Easter meditation. That's going off in the wrong direction, connecting in with a wrong spirit. Biblical meditation was around for thousands of years or hundreds of years before Buddha even set forth uh, set foot on this earth. Uh, but biblical meditation is more about digesting the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. The, uh, the Hebrew word for meditation is hagar, and it means to murmur or to mutter or to growl. Now, we all murmur and we all mutter at times. And that's what it's like. It's, it's like talking through the word of God to yourself. It's, it's grabbing hold of something. What does that mean? What is that all about? How did that work in my life? What's, how did that work in the lives of others? And, and I love the phrase there. It also means to growl. Has any of you had a, uh, had a hungry tummy and your stomach growls? Perhaps you're anticipating lunchtime now. You're thinking of a really nice lunch, whether it's a steak or a salad or a chicken palmer or something like that or a pasta maybe, and, uh, and your stomach's growling as you're thinking of, of lunch that is to come. Well, that's what, uh, that's what meditation, biblical meditation is like. It's about digesting the Word of God. It's, it's like bringing the nutrients and the goodness out of the Word that it brings life to us. And it doesn't happen if we just bring it in and let it pass straight out. That's a horrible analogy, isn't it, on a Sunday morning? But if we just bring the word in and let it pass straight out, then it doesn't bring any nutrition to our bodies. We've got to digest it. We've got to break it down. We've got to allow the goodness and the nutrients within the word of God to bring life to us. And that's what biblical meditation is like. It's taking time out to think about the word and allow it to digest within us. The fourth way that we can be still and to hear God is to come to church whether that's on a Sunday morning or in a connect group during the week. Uh, you guys are already here. I don't need to encourage you to come to church. But there may be others in our, in our midst who aren't here this morning and who do need some encouragement. And they're not going to hear the word of God through that difficult situation unless they place themselves in a position to be blessed. And that can be here on a Sunday morning. So make sure you do follow people up if they are away. 
So the reason we make space for God and we want to hear his voice is so that we can work smarter and we can find God's solution. Often when we're in a tough spot, many of us will have a, a predisposition towards taking action. We'll just act. We have to do something. We're human doings sometimes rather than human beings. And we've just got to get up and do something because it's so frustrating to stand still. We can't do nothing. But action isn't always useful if we're just acting uh, in an unguided or an undirected manner. We can find ourselves in a big hole and the first action we take is to dig. And we dig the hole deeper and get ourselves into more trouble. We can take plenty of action, but it's not helpful. Um, I, uh, I, I remember having a, a quiet time with the Lord uh, in my earlier Christian life and he pointed out very, uh, very quickly that I was trying to climb the corporate ladder. It's just that I was on the wrong ladder. That wasn't the ladder God had for me. So I was being very busy climbing the corporate ladder, realizing that there was a ladder next to me that I should have been on. Not the one I was on. I was taking lots of action, going nowhere, spinning the wheels. And so we can, we can be busy uh, doing something that is quite unhelpful. We can attempt to do things in our flesh. A bit like Abraham, when he tried to fulfill the promise that was given to him about conceiving a son, he tried to do it in his own strength and he gave birth to Ishmael, which of course caused trouble for him all through his life. And then Isaac came, the fulfilment of the promise. Moses also tried to take matters into his own hands and, uh, and did things in his own strength by striking the rock a second time rather than speaking to it. The rock was symbolic of Jesus and Jesus didn't need to be struck twice. He only needed to be struck once. Uh, Moses should have spoken to the rock and as a result of that, his actions there, he didn't get to enter the promised land. So we can take action when we get into a hole or when we get into trouble and it can be the wrong action. And it can have consequences and impacts. So we need to make sure that we take time to hear from God and understand what he's saying to us. Now, later in Exodus, we see an example of Moses wearing himself out and being busy. So let's turn back to Exodus from 1 Corinthians chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. We'll read from verse 13 to 26. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, "Uh, What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter 
because I will share it with you. If you do this, and God command and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. Verse 24 says that Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way. So we see the birth of connect groups, basically. We see Moses delegating the workload. And at Bayside we do that as well. We have connect groups, we have agent stage, pastoral care leaders, we have uh, pastors Rob and Christy, of course, who head up this little hatch called Bayside Church. But, uh, but there was wisdom in that. And Moses, rather than working harder, there's only so many hours in the day, decided to work smarter. And you might be wearing yourself out with only so many hours in the day. Of course, there's always washing to do, yards to be tidied up, dinner to cook, lawns to mow, emails to read, whatever the case might be. There's always something to keep us busy. But we need to make sure that that doesn't take away from our time with God when we spend that time hearing his voice. Amen? After that, we get to enjoy the fruit of blessed action. Not just any action, but blessed action. Action that's God-directed. Action that's God-inspired. That's in obedience to his word. Proverbs chapter 21.5. Finish with two verses this morning. Proverbs chapter 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. We need to make sure when we get busy or we get into a pickle that we're not hasty. But we need to diligently plan and hear from God so that it will lead to profit. Proverbs 13.4 says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. We do need to take action. We just need to take the right action. Amen. So, Moses was following what God had showed him to do. But the challenges and troubles still came. You might be in that situation today. Sitting here listening to this, you might be in a tough situation. You're facing a health challenge, you're facing a financial challenge, you're facing a relationship challenge. There might be aspirations that you had as a person that aren't being fulfilled as your life unfolds. And you're saying to yourself, God, I have followed you. And yet I'm still stuck here and I'm not happy. The storms of life will still come. But rather than panic or get angry, take time to hear from God. And what better time of year to do it than at the start of a new year when we're supposedly all relaxed. Amen. So, can I encourage you to do two things? And if you only take one of these two things away or both of these two things away this year or from this message for this year, that will be great. My mission here is done. The first one is to make a time, if you're not already, to regularly reflect on God and on his work each day. Find a time in your day, whether it's at the start of the day, whether it's at lunchtime, just take a brief moment out of your work day to go and spend time with the Lord, do a devotional, or whether it's in the evening at home before you go to bed. Make time to reflect on God's word and connect with his Holy Spirit. Allow the voice of his Holy Spirit to speak into your life. And the second thing is to spend an extended time in prayer, possibly fasting, but just seeking God during the year. It could be a weekend, it could be a long weekend, it could be a conference that you go to, something like that during the coming year, just to get aside from life, get out of your normal everyday environment and go and spend time with him hearing his voice. Amen.
Who knows what amazing things God might say to you during that time? It could be incredibly exciting to see what God does. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity of sharing your word this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would take some of what has been shared this morning and apply it to our hearts. Not all of this is for every person, but I pray, Father, the fragments that are for each one of us, we would take to heart this morning. And it would be embedded deep within us, that it would become part of our DNA, Lord God. That you would use it as a building block in our life of spiritual connection to you. And I pray we'd be blessed because of I pray, Lord, our lives will be blessed because of the work that your Holy Spirit does in us because of something that we shared this morning. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our lives to you this morning. We just give you the freedom to speak to them. Bring blessing and direction. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.